Pastor, I'm looking for me a church. Well, be nice if they can sing. Be nice if they got a nice facility. Be nice if they got a good nursery. Be nice if they got a coffee shop. Be nice if they keep the temperature, good climate. Be nice if they got big screens. Be nice if they got good microphones. They got the music up nice and loud. But listen to me. I trade all of that for a church that'll usher me in the presence of Jehovah. <laughs> you better go where God is. You better go where God is. And listen, I know churches have everything I just listed, but God. They don't have God. And I hope, I hope around here we have all of that and God. Because if it means that or God, let's pass on that and let's take God. Listen, the beat of the song is over but what you get from the presence of Jehovah will last you when you leave here. We need God in this place. Amen. We need God in this place. And I praise here. Leviticus chapter 10. We began this series a couple weeks ago. And we'll be here for some time. Last week we celebrated Resurrection Sunday on the calendar. I got a text from one of my friends this morning, preacher friend. He said, I hope Christians all over the world know that Jesus is just as alive this week as he was last week. So I said on the calendar, we celebrated Easter. But for the believer, every day is resurrection day. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. Say it with me. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Aren't you glad he's alive? Can't nobody tell you different. Because he lives within our hearts. Leviticus chapter number 10. Are you there in your place? Let's begin reading in verse number one. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And they went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is that, this is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. By the way, Aaron held his peace because there was really nothing else to say. Because what Moses said was what God said. And we got to get back to this, beloved. 
where when God says what he has to say, we don't have anything to say back. We're living in a day and age. This is not the message. We're living in a day and age and a society where there's a breed of Christianity that's trying to argue God down. I know what you said, but we think. I know what you said about marriage. I know what you said about life. I know what you said about purity. I know what you said about holiness. I know what you said about men and women. I know what you said about the church. I know what you said about the Bible. But listen, let's get some errands in the building. When God said, this is what I said, this is what I meant, hold your peace. Because running your mouth ain't going to change what God said. It is what it is. And God means what he says. Let the church say amen. amen. Father, I have thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit, I pray. Use the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I'd like to give you a few minutes and a few thoughts from this text, just a few this morning. I know that we've been lengthy in the song service and justifiably so. Somebody say amen. We're in the book of Leviticus a couple of weeks ago. I told you that Leviticus is, is centered around several aspects, mainly God showing us how he is to be worshipped and how we're to approach him. This book gives us the emphasis on three themes, if you would, sacrifice, and sacrifice was so important. Atonement mentioned 45 times, the covering of sin. Just a moment, would you like to thank God that in Jesus your sins have been covered? Hallelujah. And then the third, certainly not the least, that being of holiness, marked off, set apart. Holiness is so, so important. God says, be ye holy as I am holy. And throughout the book of Leviticus, God is reminding us of just how important his holiness is. You'll find here that God is holy in Leviticus, that we are to be holy in Leviticus, that the Sabbath is holy in Leviticus, that the priests are holy in Leviticus, that their garments are to be holy, that the tithe is holy, that everything that was holy was to be treated differently. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not let holiness creep out of our vocabulary just because people are living unholy and just because we are popular, popularizing unholiness and just because holiness has become outdated and mundane and old-fashioned, it is still a timeless principle of God's word. May God help us in these last days to not shy away from holiness. And so God is giving us all of this and after he gives all of this to his people and the sacrifices are made and God responds to their sacrifices in a way that he approves and accepts it. In chapter number 10, there's another sacrifice taking place and this is not one that God can approve. Say amen if you believe that God cannot approve or agree with just anything. I don't know where we got off thinking that the Christian life is doing what we want to do and asking God to bless it the Christian life is not doing what we want to do and asking God to bless it. The Christian life is finding out what God is doing and getting in on it. Listen to me now. It's not God, you bless what I'm doing. It's God, I'll do what you're blessing. And this, this mess that's going on in our world today is, is not new. It's, it's been around. And Nadab and Abihu are just a microcosm of what seems to be commonplace 
among people that named the name of Jesus. These fellows were not heathens. These fellows were not outcasts. These fellows were not people who had never come into the house of God. These fellows were not people who had not grown up understanding the truth. These fellows were not people foreign to the teachings of God's word. These fellows were priests. These fellows were the sons of Aaron. These were fellows that were supposed to be doing the right thing of God the right way. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're sitting here this morning, you've been saved by the grace of God. Somebody said that's the only way you can be saved. Amen. By the grace of God, through faith in and out of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. If you're saved today, you are a child of God. As many as them that received his name, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Behold what man of love the Father bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Listen to me. Everything's going wrong in your life. You ought to be glad you're a child of God this morning. You're in the family of God. God's your Father. Jesus is your Savior. The Holy Ghost is your comfort. The Word of God is your guide. Listen to me. You are in the family of God. That is much more pleasure than it is pressure. Somebody say amen. You ought to be glad you're saved. Give God the praise this morning if you're glad you're saved on your way to heaven. But with salvation comes a raised expectation. With salvation comes a raised expectation. You cannot enjoy the benefits of the God of the universe living inside of you and live the way you want to live. God can't come change your life and you live with no change. God can't come live inside of you and you live the way you want to live. Listen to me. The moment you get saved, you get bought with a price. You're bought with the shepherd of Jesus Christ. He becomes your master and your Lord and your king. And every single day you should be crowning him king of kings. And that means it matters where I go, what I do, how I act, what I live, what I think about. Why? Because I don't live to myself. I have a master. So here's Nate Evan about. Strange fire. Say it with me. Strange fire. Strange fire. Go back and look at verses 1, 2, and 3 again. The Bible says, Nadab and Abihu took either his censer and put fire therein and offered what? If you can't find it in your Bible, look on the screen. So much, so much for those excuses. They put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered what? To who? I mean, right before God. I mean, it's, I mean, it's bad enough to act a fool on your own. It's worse to offer foolishness to God. So this is done in a, in, in a form of worship. This is a, done in the form of sacrifice. This is done in a way that masquerades holiness, but it is altogether everything else. If Nadab and Abihu were alive today, this would have been done in the church. In those days, they are there, they are there in the tabernacle, and that is the place where God has designed that worship is going to take place. How many of you know that God thinks there's something special about the church? This is the place that God has designed and God has ordained and God has designated. Ladies and gentlemen, when you got up and came to church this morning, you didn't just drive to a parking lot. You didn't just drive to a building. You didn't just walk into a place with a steeple. You didn't just come in a place where religious practices take place. You didn't just come to go through some tradition or some ritual. 
You didn't just come here to punch the clock. You didn't just come here to say that your week got started right. You came to a place that the Bible says is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's the place where Jesus is preeminent. It was purchased with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's what he died for. It's what he's coming back for. It's what he planted. He said, the gates of hell shall never prevail against my church. You may not understand it, but this is not a building. This is a gathering of believers that are here together to glorify and exalt the mighty name of Jesus and to reach a lost and down everybody in the world needs to know that Jesus say listen to me we're here about God's business and if we're doing God's business we better do it God's way now how is it that Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire to the Lord how can you and I just just briefly today a few thoughts practically how you and I can replicate the mistake of Nadab and Abihu and offer strange fire. What does strange fire look like in Leviticus chapter 10? What does it look like in April of 2023? Because I assure you, strange fire there, strange fire here. God rejected it then, God rejects it now. God didn't like it then, God don't like it now. Listen, he wants your worship, but he doesn't want your worship if your worship doesn't align with his holiness. Don't think that God is in heaven so desperate for worship that he takes it from anybody. Listen to me, he wants the kind of worship that pleases him, that comes from a heart that's broken, that's cleansed, that's filled, that's governed by the leadership of the Holy Ghost of God. Ladies and gentlemen, Nadab and Abihu, worship was, it was not rejected because they were men. All God has to work with for worship today is men. That's the only kind of people alive on planet earth that can worship him. Listen to me. It's not because we're men. It was because they were phony men. He's not checking, listen, he's not checking your credit score. He's not checking your criminal background. He's not checking your race. He's not checking your fingerprints to accept your worship. He's checking your heart. Number one, write these things in your notes. Why and how did Nadab and Abihu offer strange fire to the Lord? Here's what I want you to get today, practically. Because the consuming fire was not sustained. The consuming fire was not sustained. Chapter 6, gentlemen, if you would, verse number 9. The consuming fire was not sustained. We'll get these verses for you. I want you to look at these verses, and I want you to look at what God's law was for the burnt offering. This is God telling Moses what to tell and I want you to look at verse number 9 and tell me who God is telling Moses to tell this to. Look at verse number 9. Command who? And who? Who were his sons? In chapter number 10. Huh? So, so, so there was a law given. Now watch this now. When the law is given, then the accountability and the liability when it's broken is higher. So let's look at the law given by God from Moses to Aaron and his sons for the burnt offering. You're looking there in verse number nine. This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar. Next two words. Huh? Until what? Now, look at the next phrase. And the fire of the altar shall be what? Burning in it. Verse 10. Preacher, put on his linen garment, linen breeches. He shall put upon his flesh. Take up the ashes which, hath, which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them aside on the altar. Look at verse 11. He shall put off his garments, put on other gar garments, and care for the ashes. Where? 
without the camp until what? Verse 12. And the fire upon the altar shall be what? Next, next several words. Say it with me. It shall not be put out. Say it again. And the priest shall burn wood on it, how often? And lay the burnt offering in order upon it, right? And he shall burn thereon the fat on the peace offerings. Everybody reading verse number 13. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. Say these last several words together, not loud and clear. It shall never go out. Now watch this now. Here's why they offered strange fire to the Lord. Because the fire that God had started went out, so they had to come up with their own fire. That's what's wrong with Christians today. They don't have the fire of God anymore, so they're whipping up their own fire. And churches, listen, churches nowadays have become a display of individual, manufactured, man-made fire. Where did they get their fire from? They got their fire when God sent it down from heaven. And when God sent it down from heaven, here was their job. Keep the fire burning. Say it with me. Keep the fire. Come on, say it louder. Keep the fire. Say it louder. Now listen to me. If you don't keep the fire burning, you only got one choice. Come up with your own. Ready to go home? So how did they get their fire? They got their fire by receiving the supernatural. Remember I told you, they offered to God and God sent down fire. So, so God sent fire. This is the fire that God sent. They were to keep the fire going. They got the fire from God. Could I ask you a question? If the times in your Christian life when you felt closest from God, did you get it from the preacher? Did you get it from the choir? Did you get it from your boss? Did you get it from your family? Or did you get it from God? The times in your life when you were on fire, when you were hot, when you were passionate, when you were winning souls to the Lord, when you spent more time talking about the goodness of God than you talk about the badness in your life. Listen to me. Nobody produced that fire. I'm talking about the day you got saved. When you got up off your knees and you went and told everybody, I just trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm going to heaven. I'm never going to go to hell. Listen to me. Anything could have gone wrong in your life. You didn't care. God had little fire in your soul. And everywhere you went, you went telling people about Jesus. Sharing with you. Your family thought you were crazy. Your friends thought you were crazy. Your boss thought you were crazy. Your wife thought you were You didn't care. Jesus had saved your soul. He lit a fire in your heart. You got up every day and you read your Bible. You got on your knees and prayed. You got around people. You sang in the choir. You worked in ministry. You did. Now you're too busy. Now too much. Is, listen to me. I'll tell you what happened. It's not that the world has gotten too bad or the flesh has gotten wicked or the devil's too tricky. The reason why Christians are offering strange fire is somewhere along the line they did not provide the proper maintenance to keep the fire burning. Now I'm going to give you this, and I promised you I wouldn't be long. Three things, and you go home. How do you keep the fire burning? Gentlemen, go back, please, at verse number 10. Step number one, keep the fire burning. And the priest shall put on his linen garment. And his linen breeches shall be upon his flesh. And here it is. Take up what? Which what? With the burnt offering of the altar. And do what? Anybody ever built a fire? Huh? Anybody ever built a fire? What clogs a fire? And what do you have to do with the ashes in order to keep the fire from getting clogged? Remove them. 
Pastor, how did my fire go out for the Lord? It's clogged with too many ashes. Ashes represent sin. I, I don't know what happened. I was in church and next thing you know I was out of church. That's a lie. You weren't faithful to God and woke up one day and left God. You, listen, you, you weren't on fire for God on a Saturday and woke up the next morning and said, I don't want to serve God. You didn't love Jesus on a Saturday and woke up an atheist on a Sunday. Foolishness. You got ashes in your fire and you let the fire keep on burning with them clogged up ashes. And eventually the fire couldn't keep burning because you had too many ashes in the fire. Now somebody today, hadn't, the fire hadn't gone out, but it's about ready to go out because you got too many. I'm saying you got to get that pornography, get that wrong music, get that sex, get them drugs, get that line, get that gossip out your life. It's only a matter of time your fire is going to be out. You will, you will not rewrite the Bible and you will not rewrite chemistry. You will not rewrite science or logic. Fires cannot burn forever without removed ashes. And Christians cannot stay on fire for God without getting rid of sin. Next one. I'm almost finished. Verse 12. The fire shall be upon the altar, shall be burning in it. It shall not be what? And the priest shall what? When? <laughs> Preach, pastor. Burn wood, what? Come on now. Now, now here, here's the conclusion we draw. Fire cannot burn forever on the what? Same wood. So I must... Remove sin, which is remove the ashes, and I must replace the wood. Let's just be practical, Proverbs said. Where no wood is, the fire goes out. Listen, you can look at the fire all you want to. Ooh, I just want you to burn. Ooh, I just want you to burn. Burn the fire, burn. Oh, I'm just so happy you're burning today. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning in my soul. Keep the fire burning. You can sing it all you want to. But if you don't put no wood in the fire, you're going to be singing to a fire that went out. Listen to me now. Here's what the ashes are. The ashes are sin. Here's what the wood is. The wood is the word of God. Now watch this now. Here's, here's what happens with the believer. I don't get rid of my sins. So the sin clogs up the fire. I don't replace the wood so the fire has nothing to burn. So listen to me. Someone say, I don't know why I'm not serving God. I go to church every Sunday. Yeah, but you don't read in between Sundays. You have to give your fire some wood to burn. Now, there, listen. I don't, know, I don't know your business. A good bunch of you I do. But I don't know everything about you. But statistically, this has to be factual. There are believers in the building who are contending the preposterous notion in their minds that they can keep burning for God without reading their Bible every day. We're 12 hours into April the 16th. Did you read your Bible today? I will, Pastor. Yep, the same time you read it every day. When you're too sleepy to stay awake. And we're wondering why there's no fire. He said replace the wood. 
the removal of sin and the regularity of scriptures. Listen, please listen. Can I get you pupils? What you do with the Bible will determine what God does with you. Oh, well, well, I don't really connect it. Oh, you, you, listen, listen, you cannot listen. You can sing it. Listen, matter of fact, we'll, we'll let Sister Dunn sit down next time and you can get up here and sing Jesus, I love you. But if you've got a bunch of ashes in your fire, you lying. You will not, you will not keep loving Jesus with all those ashes. And if what you are telling people on social media that they're telling me you're doing, you're not on fire anymore. You don't have change. Just stop pretending like you did. Now somebody needs to go home to that busted up fireplace today. And before you, look, 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 look. It don't do no good to throw new wood into a fire clogged up with ashes. We had our, our gas fire repaired a couple years ago. Guy came in and said, I want you, I said, I want you to figure out whether, you know, the pilot is lighting properly. And the, he said, well, first thing you do, we're going we're gonna to clean this out and wipe this down and look up. And see, 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 see before we start putting wood in something and lighting it up, we're going to make sure it's clean first. You know what, you know what every mama used to tell her child? Don't put deodorant on some musty underarms. Don't spray cologne on your stank body. Preach now. You, you know what you're doing? You, you, you are trying to use a pleasant fragrance to cover up an unpleasant body. See, 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 watch this now. See, cologne is supposed to enhance something that already smells. Somebody help me preach. And here's what's happening. People want to take their sinful lives, bring them before God and go, God, I'm going to live like the devil all day long. And then at the end of the night, I'm going to read a chapter in Proverbs. That's if you're spiritual. If you, if you ain't that spiritual, you read a song. One of them short ones with three verses. Talking about, I read my chapter a day. And then pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You better pray he do. He do keep your soul. Get back up tomorrow and go back to them same ashes. And watch this now. And then get mad at people to tell you you got too many ashes in your fire. I don't know why you're worried about my fire. Because you keep calling me when yours go out to come sit by mine. I'm tired of people who don't walk with God asking me to get their prayers answered. 
Why don't you walk with God and get through to the throne room yourself? See, there, 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 there's a maintenance to be had for fires to sustain. And everybody else at home, this hit and miss church, come halfway back and forth, see you every six Sundays, your fire's out too. You can call the preachers and the deacons and ask them to come in there with a torch and light the pilot again. And, and look, come to church. Oh, I'm going to get my fire burning this week because one thing I know, pastor going to sure give me some wood. Pastor's wood ain't enough for your week. Pastor's wood on Sunday ain't enough for his own week. I have to go read the Bible tomorrow morning because my message won't even last me till Monday. What has happened? Now next week we, we'll talk about the alternative. See, this week we have to talk about the fire that's not been maintained. Next week, I won't tell you what the one people whipping up looks like. You say, why are you telling us? Because if you come back next week, it's because you're serious. If I don't see you next week, I'm, I'm going to know you. You're a fire manufacturer. Look, it happens in pulpits too. I've watched men work up a message. And the whole crowds are out there falling out. And you find out the man running around behind his wife. Cheating, robbing, drinking, cussing, partying. But pastor, I'm telling you, he can play them drums. Um, the girl can blow. Boy, that brother can play that bass. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get him in your church. Boy, he's a great teacher. He doesn't need to teach if his fire's clogged with ashes. And he's trying to burn on that same old wood. Our Father, help us. The fire shall never go out. That's what he said. It shall never go out. It shall ever be burning. It shall burn all night long. It shall not be put out. It shall never go out. Arrest the hearts of believers in the building today whose fires are out or at the very least are headed I'm asking God all, all over the building right now to identify what ashes are in your fire, what ashes are in my fire. And let's be honest with him. What's in me that doesn't belong? What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? Where am I going I shouldn't be going? What, what am I acting like I shouldn't be? What am I committing that I know I should not commit? And God, please don't let me think 
that I can keep doing it and the fire keep burning. You say, Pastor, you, you, you're, you're being so direct. Listen, do you want somebody to tell you the truth? See, by the time they get to my office, now we're mourning the destruction of Nadab and Abihu. I'm trying to, listen, I'm trying to save you from getting there. This is why Aaron's holding his peace in Leviticus 10, because God is judging his sons. And Aaron's saying, what, what can I say? They knew better. They knew better. This is, this is a warning signal to all of us. Don't play with God. Pastor, I'm saved that I know it. I have Bible reasons to prove it. Would you raise your hand all over the building? Saved, going to heaven, and I know it. God bless you. Put your hands down. Pastor, God's spoken to me about some area, about ashes or about wood, about sin or about scripture. Something in my life needs to go out. Something in my life needs to come in. I'm not asking you to tell me. I'm just asking you to admit it to God. Put your hand up and say, God spoke to me. I've got to, I've got to do some fire maintenance. I've got to do some fire maintenance. Now you're going to have to do it. And you can't tell God what's, what's fine and what's not fine. God makes the rules. All over the building. God bless you. 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 And what are you going to do about it? Well, pastor, tomorrow, no, 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 too late. You can put your hand down if you stand hand so. Before I went to lunch, I'd, 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 I'd get ashes out. I'm telling you. There's, I know you got plans this afternoon. I tell my friends, I say, look, 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 look. I'll, I'll see in a little bit. I got to go, go deal with something. Right now in my seat, I, I would remove the ashes in my heart. I'd say, this ends now. And if I'm not read my Bible today, I'd, I'd make a commitment right now. God's service is out. I'm going to get some alone time with you and God. I'm going to give you some undivided attention, God, and I'm going to get in your word. And today we'll start a pattern. I'm going to read the Bible every single day. Yeah. We've got to make practical moves on messages. Otherwise, we come back the same way. Uh, it's bad enough to be in sin. It's, it's even worse to advertise it. Anybody in the building say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. Please pray for me. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. Anybody like that? Would you put your hand up? Anyone? Would you let me pray for you? God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. Anybody else would join this honest man today? Slip your hand up. I won't embarrass you. Call your name out. I just want to pray for you. And we'd be glad if you're interested in knowing. We'd be glad to get someone to show you after the service. We'll, one of our ushers would be glad to connect you with someone that can help you because there's nothing more important in your life than knowing that you're going to heaven. Now pray all over the building. Talk to God about what he's talked to you about.
help us, Lord. We love you.